The Sit With Warriors podcast originated with the concept of simply that. The idea of when you sit with warriors, the conversation is different. And when someone put it to me that way, I really sat and reflected on how many incredible women, women warriors, leaders, heroines, mentors, badass women that I think would be incredibly inspiring for others to hear from. So we put forth this podcast in the hopes of sharing stories of authenticity and of inspiration. All the guests I have on the podcast will share with you real and authentic stories of love and life and laughter, of moments of transition, of moments of triumph, of those moments of aha, and perhaps some of the lowest. But they're all here to share and for us to sit together. So I ask, will you share with us and sit with us? Today, we sit with Deborah. So the way we've been doing this is to take a look at the planets by working our way through the days of the week, which I think is interesting because it tells us that those energies are with us every day. It's something that a lot of people don't really think about, that the days of the week are actually named after planets. So we've already done Monday, Moon Day, and we did two episodes actually, and now moving on to Tuesday. And I think the French is often an easier way to make that connection. So the French for Tuesday is Mardi. So some people I think might be tuned into Mardi as being Tuesday because of Mardi Gras. So they know that Mardi Gras means Fat Tuesday, right? Yes, One way to look at it. Exactly. Totally. So Mars is a completely different energy than the moon. And so as we switch to Tuesday, Tuesday is going to be your get her done day. So that's a day to take action. And when we go through the Mars descriptions and archetypes through the episode, there's going to be mention of war because typically the archetype for Mars is the warrior and the god of war. So I do just feel that it's fair to say a disclaimer just because of what's currently happening in the geopolitical situation right now that these are you know we're discussing archetypes here and symbolism and energy as we move through the planet mars so it's not literal in that way so we'll just start off with a little bit of the the technical stuff so the planet mars is fiery and red and its qualities are hot and dry so even that I think gives us a little bit of a description about what Mars might mean symbolically in our chart. It takes about 22 months to go around the zodiac. So it's going to spend a longer amount of time in each sign, about one and a half months approximately. And we'll talk about this a little bit at the end, but it does go retrograde every couple of years, which means its stay in a certain sign is going to be longer. Mars is considered in traditional astrology a malefic. And so Malefic sounds ominous, but really what it means is that it's not necessarily an easy energy. So this is something that is going to challenge you. If you were born during the day, because we talked a little bit about the concept of sect, S-E-C-T, and what the differences between a day and a night chart. If you're born during the day, then you might find that Mars is even a little more challenging for you. And we'll talk about that because we're going to actually go through Mars and all of the signs. 
I think awesome. one of the interesting things to bring up here is that um, with a planet like Mars, which as we're going to see is definitely going to talk about some of those more difficult emotions, and we'll use some keywords with that, is that often our spiritual growth doesn't always happen when we're meditating or we're in a yoga class. When we'll often learn the most about ourselves is when we're actually in the middle of something, when we're angry, what, what are our triggers, when we get frustrated, those are often the things that are going to trigger more growth for you than being in a blissed out state. So hopefully as we go through this, yeah, we'll see some of that, like some of those triggers. Okay, so just to carry on, I mentioned the word anger in terms of growth. So yes, Mars can have that energy and think of the expression seeing red as anger. So that's the red planet. So the ways that you might experience it would be what your triggers are for anger. How do you express your anger or do you swallow your anger? And I think as we go through it, Mars will hopefully help with an understanding of how you might do that, how you might express it in a constructive way, particularly when we go through the signs. So we can't do the house placement, but knowing what sign your Mars in is something you can easily look up. And I mentioned before the site astro.com is a reliable site that you can input your birth information and it will tell you that. And the thing with Mars is you don't necessarily need your birth time because it's going to be in the same sign for a good period of time. Like I said, about one and a half months. So, um, so again, easy for our listeners. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And easy for our listeners um, to think, engage with this information. Right. Hopefully. And then some of the ways that it might express itself is based upon energy, drive, and ambition. Mars is all about taking action. And it's going to show that part of your chart where you are going to get up and go. Like it's the get up and go in the morning. It's not the lollygagging around. It's going to show your initiative. It's action. I'm going to use some keywords here. Think about energy, determination, enthusiasm, being bold. When we talked about the sign of Aries, who is ruled by Mars, we talked about that warrior energy so the courage to get going and then some of the more challenging parts of it would be things like anger which we've already mentioned aggression and that sort of competitive spirit and also it's your mojo so mars is your sex drive it's not the lovey-dovey romantic venus type stuff but it's that drive. When you're dealing with Mars energy, you're the hunter, not the prey. So hopefully mm -hmm. that even those keywords have kind of given everyone and I what the planet can signify. Let's put it that way. Definitely. So if we look in the world around us, the ways that we're going to see that Mars energy would be with things like conflict, riots. Mars typically rules firefighters. So we think of the fiery planet, but that's a constructive use of Mars energy is because the firefighter is actually going to put the fire out. And it also, interestingly, I mean, and these connections are going back a long time. Like we're talking some of the astrologers from ancient Greece and Babylonia, these symbolisms that are there from that time, but they definitely carry through and can have meaning and substance in the present. It also rules surgeons, and this is going to sound like an interesting mix, butchers and barbers, because there's cutting. So Mars energy is about severing or cutting as well. And that's going to come into this a little bit later too. So far, so good? Very interesting. So some of the ways that we might see 
Mars energy in pop culture. So think about movies that are about car chases, gunfights, martial arts, race car driving, heavy metal, music, action heroes, gangs. If you're a Trekkie, the Klingons <laughs> are the Mars guys and sports cars, especially red sports cars. So we can see that there is a lot of that imagery energy infused right into pop culture through music movies tv and it does kind of capture our attention right because a lot of times like if you're just sitting at a computer all day well how are you going to get that mars fix <laughs> and this can be a way that we do right through consuming mm -hmm. some of that pop culture stuff. So some ways that Mars can show up in the world around us, just in our day to day, one of the best places to look is at children. So for kids, we've got what we call the terrible twos, when they start to assert themselves and become aware that, you know, I'm separate, <laughs> I'm not attached to you, I'm me. And we call them the terrible twos. And that's where we see temper tantrums and meltdowns, right? So that's that Mars energy that's asserting itself. And then I think that we can also see it sometimes in those rebellious teenage years, the recklessness sometimes, you know, of the teen years, like I'm invincible, nothing can hurt me. Yeah. Another way we connect to Mars is from both playing sports, but also watching sports, right? So, yes. you know, you can be a person that participates in some very competitive type sports, but you can also just be watching it and still be connected to that energy. And playing video games is another way, which is very common, right? And prevalent, some of them being mm -hmm. pretty violent, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So, yes, you know, we're getting our Mars fix there. Going back to kids, and maybe not always kids, unfortunately, sometimes we're seeing this around us in the adult world. So a negative expression of Mars might be the bully. So thinking of that as an archetype, that's a negative expression of Mars. But standing up to the bully or to the person who is being bullied is a positive manifestation of Mars because that's you showing courage, right? To stand right. up to it. So there's always that. There's always that kind of negative iteration, the darker side. And then there's a way that we can look at it as a more positive outlet for the Mars energy. Another really good one for Mars is driving. So if you think of driving as taking action, think of the tailgater who is riding on your on your rear end when you're driving, the speeder with the pedal, the metal, right? That's the yes. Mars person. Now, well, the Saturn person is going to ride with their foot on the brake a little bit. <laughs> so you've got that contrast, right? But just getting that sense of the impatient driver, the tailgater, the aggressive driver, the one that's, you know, frantically lane changing, connecting to their Mars energy. A more positive way to look at Mars is it can also be you being fiercely protective. So if you think of mama bear or the lioness with their cubs, that sort of fierceness that goes with being protective is a Mars energy. Another one that I thought of is the way that often the government will word things like the government war on drugs. So it's got to be aggressive <laughs> rather than saying mm -hmm. how we're going to try to eradicate this or heal this. It's the war on drugs. So it's that very aggressive type of stance. Mm -hmm.
like we were saying, everything isn't all peace and love. You know, there are difficulties and there's difficult situations and there's emotions. And so coming to terms with your Mars energy or your Saturn energy is a challenge, but it's also real. It's reality. So for sure, ways to channel it in a more positive way. And I think once we go through Mars and the signs, we can show examples of that when it gets a little bit more specific about how a person with the different placements might deal with or express those parts of themselves. So we'll get to that. And as far as the body goes, Mars can be fever and inflammation. So I think that ties in really easily with the idea of that fiery, hot, red planet. And so a medical astrologer is going to look to your Mars placement and perhaps wherever that falls, think about fevers, inflammation, heat. And let's just finish off this with something that one of my favorite astrologers, Stephen Forrest, says, and he describes Mars as acting courageously without thinking about danger or peril. And he calls it facing the bear in quotation marks. Mm. So facing the bear versus versus turning around and running away from it. Yes. So bravery, right? Then you talked about being protective, being loyal, being fierce, the idea of being assertive. Yes. And not just Yeah, yeah. You've caught all of those. Yes, absolutely. So some of the activities that we could do that might help channel that. So this is even in a physical sense. If we think about power yoga, which is a stronger, more active type of yoga, and then particularly what I was thinking about was the warrior poses and how the warrior poses really can teach you about standing your ground, being firm, being committed and standing your ground. And then martial arts. So the word martial comes from Mars, martial arts for sure. Even going to the Mm -hmm. gym and pumping iron, like for some, that's Mm -hmm. really going to work out a lot of that. And for sure, competitive sports. And that's something that not all of us have that in us. But if you do, you can certainly play competitive sports as a way to channel your Mars energy in a positive way. And then finally, the most spiritual activity of all that you can do with your Mars energy is eat a Mars bar, right? (laughs) (laughs) There it is, right? That's my biggest piece of wisdom to take away from today <laughs> is to eat, eat, a, eat a Mars bar. So with, <laughs> so with no outlet, when you don't have these outlets for your Mars energy, that's when you get the road rage. Think of that road rage, aggressive driving, the yeah. person that's fighting you in the parking lot for a spot, the loud mouth arguing at the condo board meeting, you know, like those are the ways yes. that it can come out in a negative way if you're not able to channel it. What's interesting okay, too, from so an emotional body standpoint, mm. it's important to be mindful of that as well from a sense of where can these things physically manifest if you're not properly working through oh. them. Yes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So true. So Mars is the red planet. So when we think about colors, then obviously on Mardi, if you're going to channel your Mars energy, you're going to wear red. So you think of those kind of fiery orange and red colors mm-hmm. and red lipstick. Think of a Gwen Stefani, the Gwen Stefani red lip. <laughs> Perfect example of Mars. Wearing your Mars, wearing yes. your red proudly. <laughs> Absolutely. And then some of the stones, now again, you'll be able to help me a little bit with this, but the stones would be those ones that just by color. And then there's the energetic principle too. So I'm thinking carnelian, bloodstone, ruby, garnet. You got and- it. Yeah. And absolutely things like red jasper or red agate or other ones. That- oh, okay. Yeah. The sacral engagement assertion. You know, we would use things like carnelian is, is obviously our go-to, but also things like African bloodstone. And we talk about okay. garnet. 
different. And again, things like that, that are really going to bring up that good juicy energy for us in regards to that creative passion. Yes. Like that positive iteration of it. Like all of those words we said before, right? Like taking action, enthusiasm, passion, energy, courage, bravery. So if you have an Aries or a Scorpio rising, then your chart ruler is going to be Mars. So you may feel a little more connected to this. But also if you have the sun or the moon in Aries or Scorpio, then you may find that Mars energy is something that you relate to a little bit more. So again, we're the signs that Mars rules, which is Aries. And in traditional astrology, it's also Scorpio. Uh, Again, we're going to go through it, though. We're actually going to go through each of the signs. So Mars through the signs and how that might express itself. So Mars does crave an outlet. It wants a mission. And that's where you are going to look to the sign in your chart to show what's your fighting style? Where are you stimulated? What kind of arouses your interest? And then if you had your own personal chart, you could also look at the houses, but we're not going to do the houses today. And one of the reasons for that is that if you don't have your birth time exact, then you can still get some meaning from this just by going through Mars in the signs. And there's a really interesting study that I wanted to mention. And there's two actually. So the first one was Mars was found in the charts of redheads to be in the first house, which is super interesting because the first house rules appearance and the physical body. So someone did a study, this was years ago, and found dominant Mars in the first house of lots of people who have red hair. Very interesting. Very cool. Mm -hmm. The other one that I find interesting, and I give a little personal anecdote once I mention it, is that gifted athletes and professional athletes will often have Mars conjunct or joined up with their midheaven. And the midheaven in the chart or the MC, it is your career, but it's also the place of where you're in the public eye. So it's right up at the top of your chart. It's where you might have acclaim or recognition, your path in life. And this study showed that in these athletes, an inordinate number of professional athletes or gifted athletes, they have Mars right up there, conjunct their midheaven. So the personal anecdote is that in our family, so I've tried to do pretty well everybody's charts, and this would be pretty extended, including aunts, uncles, siblings, cousins. There's only two people that have that configuration of Mars right up on the midheaven. One of them is you, (laughs) and the other one is my son. And so what I find interesting in that is of everybody, you would be the two who have what I would call, especially when you were young, I'm thinking of more when you were young, that athletic ability, that natural athletic ability and being Thank a you. gifted athlete. Right. So, I mean, you, I remember, like, I remember, you know, going to your track meet when you were, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 and you're running up and you couldn't even hold all the medals and ribbons (laughs) that you had (laughs) because, you know, so, yeah. So I found that really interesting. And then with my son, the same thing, like playing sports is particularly in two sports of baseball and hockey. He, you know, he did really well, like definitely better than average naturally. So I thought that was pretty cool because that was taking something that, that I have read about as a famous study that's been done, but then bringing it mm-hmm. right down to reality of within our own circle or clan. Yeah. You know, from the get-go, this is what's so incredible about it is that it goes right down to placement. And I think this is really, really incredible information. So let's continue. I want to hear more. 
Okay, so we're going to actually move through the signs, not too much time on them, but we're going to move through the different signs of the zodiac and where your Mars would be in your chart. And I remember going back to the very first time I was really exposed to astrology beyond sun sign astrology, sort of pop astrology. This was, I mentioned it way back when you first interviewed me. I was uh, about 18, maybe 19. And there was a radio show that I followed, which I guess you could say would be the uh, the podcasts of the 70s and 80s, right? Mm-hmm. And there were astrologers that did a show and you could call in and you would call in and you just gave your birth date and then they would give you a little tiny mini reading on the air, which was pretty cool. So the first time I called in and the woman who did this ended up doing my chart and being my first teacher. But I remember her telling me my Mars placement and, you know, it was just such a revelation because, again, I was pretty much just an with sun sign astrology, which is probably where everybody starts. So I'm hoping that part of what we do as we work through the planets and the signs is give everybody a deeper look at just how much nuance there is and complexity within the chart. Mm-hmm. And this is still pretty high level, pretty high level stuff that we're still dealing with, right? Because, you know, you're mm-hmm. going to look at the houses the planets are in and the aspects that they're making. But just moving through this next piece will hopefully give people some insight and some understanding, self-understanding, ways that this planet expresses itself through them according to the sign that it's in. Okay, so let's get started. So we're going to start with Aries. Because Mars rules Aries, we say that it's in its domicile, which is just another way of saying it's in its home because it rules that sign. So you know right away that that planet is going to be really strong in the sign of Aries. So it's probably the most single-minded position for Mars to be in. It allows you to channel your energy with force, being direct. Think of a gun starting at the beginning of a relay. It mm-hmm. is for sure that warrior energy. So that kind of in-your-face warrior energy. Very, very strong in Aries. When we move to the next sign of Taurus, though, that's a real change. Because with Taurus, we say that Mars is actually in its detriment, which isn't really a bad thing. It means because that sign sits opposite to Scorpio, which is another sign that's, that Mars is strong in because it rules that. We say that Mars is in its detriment in Taurus, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It just means that Mars isn't all that comfortable in Taurus because Taurus is a fixed earth sign. So right away, all those things we've been talking about, fiery, red, hot, moving into fixed earth, it's going to meet some resistance. So there's going to be a little bit of that. But on the plus sides, it is going to give you a great deal of determination and a stick-to-itiveness to see things through which is important, not the starter. So the Aries is going to get things started all the time. But then with that Taurus placement, you're going to be able to see things through to completion and also very slow to be angered, slow to rile up. That's actually my placement is Mars and Taurus. And that phrase stick to is the one that the astrologer on the radio gave to me. And I really appreciate that wow. because she didn't talk about it being a negative thing. She just said, you've got a great deal of determination and the word or the phrasing stick to which always stuck with me. <laughs> the next placement is Mars and Gemini. So mm-hmm. if we think of Gemini as the communicator, then it's that sense that you're going to be able to use your words that way. So you can use your words to keep things lively, to keep them interesting, to keep them diverse. But you're also going to be pretty good at using words as weapons and being able to spar 
or debate using words. Think of a roast. You know, when a roast is when people take jabs at others. All in good fun often, but it's that, you know, using the words to spar, that can be yes. an iteration of Mars and Gemini. But on a constructive side, this is your placement, right? Mars and Gemini. And yes. here you are mm -hmm. leading a podcast and using this to communicate, to exchange words exactly. and being very, yeah, being very active about doing that too. So, and we're going to talk a little bit more about your placement when we finish up here. Okay, so let's move on to Cancer. So when Mars is in Cancer, it's said to be in its fall. So the reason for that is because Mars is exalted, and that means it really does well in Capricorn, which is the opposite sign. So in Cancer, Mars is considered to be in its fall. Again, not a negative thing, just saying that Cancer is a water sign. So a fiery planet like Mars is going to have a little bit of difficulty in Cancer. But the positive way to look at that is it's as being very protective of those that are around you. And, you know, you would fight valiantly for your family and for your home. And think about the person that cries when they're angry. That's a great example of Mars energy. Again, it's, it's not really a stereotype, maybe just an image, but it captures that really well, that Mars energy is somebody that, that cries when they get angry. It's a little bit more cautious and a little bit more reserved. So if you think about the toddler again, you know, the toddler having their temper tantrum maybe in Aries, in Cancer, think about the toddler that is super cautious just by nature, that going downstairs, they're going to turn around and back down the stairs. That might be an yes. example of how a Mars and Cancer might work. And next is Leo. So Leo is a fire sign. So there's a little bit more compatibility there. It talks a lot about heroism and also taking pride in your, say, athleticism in being the leader, taking pride in that, being the captain of the team and the bravery that just amplifying that idea of being brave and courageous because Leo is the king, right? Leo's Leo's on That's the throne. Right. So Mars and Virgo, when we think of Virgo, I think of like the engineer. So making and fixing things as being the way that you take action. So making, building, repairing, fixing things. So it's very productive there. And Mars and Virgo can juggle a lot of things at the same time and not lose them, not drop one of the balls. Their thinking is that if you're doing a job, it's worth doing well and thoroughly. So Mars in Virgo is very practical in getting things done in that Earth sign. Next is Mars in Libra. So Mars is considered to be in its detriment in Libra. And the reason is because Libra is the opposite sign of Aries. But again, not a bad thing. Easy to think that Libra likes peace. Libra is ruled by Venus. It is a peace lover. They want things to be fair. They value diplomacy. And so with Mars there, you may think that you could assert yourself through charm rather than battle. It's like a charm offensive. Wasn't that like a Pokemon thing where there was a charm <laughs> battle? That, that makes me think of Libra. <laughs> and, and then what the things that might rile them up would be if they think someone is being treated unfairly because they're very much about fairness and balance, that might rile them up in Libra. Scorpio is the second sign that Mars rules. So you're going to get a very strong Mars in Scorpio, but it is more discreet. So it's not as in your face as Mars and Aries. It's more about endurance, very strong endurance, and not necessarily the instigator, but they will certainly respond strategically and in a Mars way if they need to. So maybe think of the general. You know, the warrior is Mars and Aries, but the general who's strategically calling the shots 
is the Scorpio Mars. Okay. Mars and Sag. Okay. So again, it's a fire sign. So, you know, there's definitely that link there. When we think of Mars in Sag, I think of a horse galloping. You know how the, the sign, the symbol for Sagittarius is the centaur, half man, half horse. So just that energy of horses galloping. There is a restlessness and there's that drive for adventure, the outdoors, great starters, great at starting things, very impassioned and, you know, maybe not always able to see things through, but you need those people that are going to spark the ideas, right? And get people enthused and get them started. Mars and Capricorn is very interesting because it's said that Mars is exalted in Capricorn. So that means it does really, really well here. And we think of Capricorn and it's an earth sign. So it's like, hmm, how does that work? Because it didn't do so well in Taurus, but it's exalted in Capricorn. So a couple of the reasons it's considered exalted in Capricorn is because Capricorn is an earth sign. But remember back in our sun signs, we talked about how it's always striving upwards. So there is that, even though it's earth, it's moving, it's climbing up the mountain, always striving and trying to achieve. And so it does a great job at harnessing some of that rawness of the Mars energy and directing it into practical things and fulfilling goals. So it's kind of like maximizing efficiencies and really achieving. So Mars does really well in the sign of Capricorn. We're getting there. We're almost done. Next is next no, is Aquarius, but it is their Mars placement. Remember that we're looking for, right? These are this yes, is Mars right. through the signs, right. and Mars will flit through the zodiac. When we talk about some of the other ones, like when you're say for Mercury, for example, Mercury is never going to stray more than one sign away from your sun sign. If you're say uh, we'll use you for example, you're a Gemini. The planet Mercury is only ever going to be in three signs. It's going to be either in the same sign as your sun, which is Gemini, or it's going to be one ahead. So it could be in Cancer or one behind, it could be in Taurus. And then even Venus doesn't stray far either. Venus only strays two signs away from your sun sign. Whereas Mars is a personal planet, meaning it's one of the planets that, you know, can really impact your nature, but it can go anywhere through the zodiac because it kind of has free reign that way for traveling. Okay. Very interesting. But I digress. <laughs> so back to we were at Aquarius. Aquarius is a more cool-headed version of Mars. Aquarius is an air sign, so you might have inspiration there. So being able to inspire others with your ideas, your energy. Again, Aquarius is often all about challenging social injustices and defending the group, showing a lot of leadership with that. And maybe also the tease, you know, if you think about teasing somebody good naturedly, that's kind of a Mars and Aquarius type of energy. And then last is Pisces. So Pisces is mutable water, which again means that Mars might have a bit of a tricky time here because it might get a little bit bogged down in that water energy. So if threatened, then the Mars strategy might be, you know what, I'm just going to disappear until all this blows over. So I'm going to just like put my duvet over my head and hide when there's unpleasantness going on. But they can also rise up and be a champion for those who can't defend themselves, because that's very much a Pisces thing is helping out the underdog and always being compassionate and understanding. So that might be a way to channel it. And also acting upon your intuition. So that intuitive, sensitive energy, but then being able to act upon that, which often we don't, right? It just kind of floats away and, mm -hmm. and nothing really happens. But with the Mars and Pisces energy, that they might be the ones that 
can take that sort of dreamy artistic stuff and make music of it, make poetry of it, make art, create, which is action, right? It's, it's just not the way we might think of action as a more aggressive force. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. We've cruised through the Zodiac. And I just mentioned also that if you were having your chart done and you're looking at the chart, as well as the sign that Mars is in, you'd also be looking at the house placement. And the houses are the 12 little pieces of the pie or the pizza slices that they give you topics and areas of life. It, it pretty much covers the whole gamut. And I guess we'll do a little bit more on that at some point, talking about the houses. So where Mars falls in your chart will show you how so the sign gives you the how but the house placement is going to give you the where so where you might show the confidence and where you're willing to be assertive and take action the one example that i have to use here is let's say you have mars in your sixth house and the sixth house rules your job not necessarily your career but your work your day-to-day -day work what you do to pay the bills and health mm -hmm. so on the job you might say that a negative iteration of somebody that has Mars in the six would be that they can't get along at work. They have trouble with coworkers. They fight, they argue, they can't get along. But a positive iteration of that is that you're the one who is the spokesperson for the group. You're the one that's willing to stand up and to speak out for injustices, inequalities. Think of, I know I'm really going to date myself here, the movie Norma Ray, where she becomes the union activist in a factory to rise up and speak up for her coworkers. So that's an example of Mars in the sixth. And if we look at health, which is another sixth house item, it could mean when you, you see Mars in your sixth, you're like, okay, this means that I'm prone to fevers and inflammation. If I get ill, you know, this isn't great. But the positive way to think of Mars in the sixth is if you do get ill, that you take action. You do something about it. You don't let yourself just be a passive victim. You're going to be the one pursuing the remedies. So just, you know, a couple of ways to look at how you can take that more negative and positive spin. Absolutely. Any questions or comments so far, Jord? Well, no, it's really interesting. Like I said, it definitely engages our listeners and myself for that matter to really want to pursue their own charts even more. And again, not just for the idea of self-indulgence, but more for the idea of self-reflection. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, yeah, like in a constructive way. We did talk about this a little bit last week, but for sure, we might even make, I was talking to my sister and she said, like, why don't you take a whole episode and maybe devote it to people's questions so people can, you know, send in a question or if we don't even have their time, because sometimes I feel badly for people that don't have their birth time. We can still get a lot of information from that. Like we've already talked a little bit about some of the things like the node placements and what phase of the moon you were born under. And now we've added in what's your Mars sign. We could maybe talk a little bit more specifically about individuals actual birth charts so i'm open to that you can find us on instagram and through again a direct message or we do have an email listed as well questions or inquiries about your sign or charts i know that our incredible astrologer deborah would love to help you with that and i'm very very yeah, grateful for you coming to be with us today mm -hmm. so grateful because oh, i think you. it's so incredible and really exciting and i look forward to our next sitting which will be on What's the next one, Miss Deborah? Mercury, Wednesday, Mercury. Do you yes? Do you want to go through a little bit more about your Mars? Do you do we have time for that? Do you want to talk about that? I would a love bit? to hear a little bit more about it, and I'm sure some of our other Gemini listeners might be interested too. <laughs> so, with your particular chart, when we did this, do you remember I did this for you on your birthday? It was uh, something called Perfections. So, Perfections yes. is a Hellenistic 
technique really interesting and it has cool words like time lord <laughs> you know which automatically mm -hmm. arouses our interest so what you do is just quick technical you advance the ascendant forward one zodiacal sign a year so you create these sort of 12-year cycles and what it will do is it will tell you on your birthday in the upcoming year what planet is being activated and then also, again, with house, there's a little bit of in there about house, but mostly you're looking for your time lord, which is the planet that's going to be activated for you. So what it can mean is that not only is that planet going to have prominence for you, but it's also going to activate some of the aspects it might have been making at birth. So in your natal chart. So when mm. we did yours last June, Mars... Mm -hmm came up as your year. So meaning Mars was your Lord of the year. So what I mm -hmm. found super interesting about this, and again, we won't go into it in too much depth, but Mars in your case sits in Gemini and it's up in the 10th house. So the 10th house rules career, your public self, putting yourself out there right up at the top of the chart. We talked a little bit about that because of your athletic prowess, which was certainly obvious when you were young. But in terms of this year, what I thought was really interesting is that you created a podcast, which is very Gemini, you know, Mercury, that it's words getting it out there. But the name of your podcast is Sit With Warriors. And you've used fire as your visual. And I don't even think that, you know, that's not like you consciously did that. You didn't say, oh, you know, Deb did my perfections and said I'm in a Mars year. So this is what I'm going to do to align with that. I think that was just the way the cosmos aligned for that to happen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool, huh? Very cool. What's interesting, we actually had another one engaged earlier on last calendar year. And then in September, mm -hmm. I got, somebody sent me a meme that said, sit with warriors. The, literally, oh my goodness, this resonates so deeply. And the image that we use on the podcast of that fire actually was taken from an acreage that I was on in 2018. And so that image is a fire, oh. was a, from a fire ceremony. And I actually sat in that fire okay. ceremony and did fire gazing and was really engaged about my path. And it really changed the trajectory of my path. So I love that this is all okay. coming full circle because you're right. It was very much subconscious, but yet all perhaps, you know, aligned with the stars, as they say. Right. So I love that. I love that for you. I think that's really cool. Okay. So, I mean, we could obviously go on and on, but like you said, we're going to wrap it up and it's time we are going to talk about Mercury. Mercredi, that's Wednesday. And I think that everyone out there has probably heard lots about Mercury retrograde. So <laughs> we'll make sure that we go into Mercury retrograde as well as how that might express as it moves through the different signs. And I think that what I, I really like about this is that we are kind of diving into the planets and often again in that sort of pop sun sign astrology, the emphasis is on the signs, but really the planets are the heavy hitters. The planets are the mm -hmm. who and the sign is just the how. So I'm glad that we're able to do this. I think this is good and it's it's fun. I want to thank you so much for coming to sit with us again. We so appreciate your energy and passion for all of this. And we can't wait to learn from you some more. Okay. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. Right back at you. Yeah.